Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I will continue on the subject of faith, but I want to zero in on an important aspect that I feel like we cannot conclude this conference without touching it. And it's on the law of words. The law of words. Faith is not a principle to arm twist the hand of God. Faith is not an emergency tool to escape from whatever you are. Let me tell you something. When you are in a desperate situation, don't try to exercise faith. Ask God for mercy. Because you don't know how to use faith. You know, when Peter wanted to sink, he didn't try to say, he said, God, save me. While God is walking you to the boat, you can take lessons in faith. People try to exercise faith when it's almost too late. Now, there's nothing like too late for faith. But what I'm saying is they try to exercise their faith when they've already, they don't even know how faith works. So when things are bad, go to the mercy of God and say, Lord, have mercy. And when you have been delivered, go back to school. Don't trust on mercy again. Because some of us live our lives from one mercy to another, from one mercy to another. And like the man of God said, God can't use you to accomplish a kingdom assignment if you don't have faith. Are you still here? Are we, are we on this together? In Romans chapter 3, we see something there in verse 27. Paul was talking about our justification. Now, but in Romans 3.27, he said something about faith. He says, where then is boasting? It is excluded. He says, boasting is excluded. And he says, it's excluded by what kind of law? He says, is it the law of works? Remember when we started in day one, we talked about performance, works, righteousness by works, and we talked about righteousness by what? By faith. Then he says, it's excluded by what law? He says, no, but by a law of faith. Now, that's something now. That's something. Because Paul has been arguing, like a very good lawyer that he is, about the justification by faith, and that the just shall live by faith. But Paul uses, and I said, pay attention to details, he uses something for faith that we do not see very often in scriptures. He calls faith a law. Now, if faith is a law, that means there will be corresponding laws around it. No single law operates just by itself. Now, follow me. Follow me. Scientific laws are similar to scientific theories in that the principles that can be used to predict the behavior of the natural world is built by science. So, follow carefully. Don't miss this. When we were coming, 
the pilot said, welcome to Kenya Airways, KQ533, taking us from Moritzala Mohammed International Airport, Lagos, to Jomo Konyata Airport, Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. Our flight time will be four hours, 30 minutes, and we will fly for 30,000 feet above sea level. That's a man. That's a man. That's not God. He almost looks like God, but he's not. But he tells you while in Lagos, when you will get to Nairobi, and he tells you, um, on our way, there will be a few clouds. When I heard that announcement, as the flight was taking off, I, I went to sleep. But if my pilot had announced, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Maxwell Ogaga, the pilot, first officer, Pastor Sugar. <laughs> we are leaving Moritola Mohammed International Airport, Lagos, to Nairobi, Jomo Kenyatta Airport. We should probably arrive between 4 hours, 30 minutes, 6 hours, 70 minutes, 70 Meaning, we are not so sure, but we believe God. Remember, I'm a man of God. But the pilot says, we believe God that no matter how long it takes, we will get to Kenya. Someday, somehow. I will raise my hand and say, is the door open? Because I am not trusting my pilot to fly me because he believes God. I'm trusting my pilot to fly me because he knows the laws of science. So I don't care if the pilot is a Muslim, a Hindu, no do, doesn't believe in God. Do you know the laws? Because laws makes flights predictable. The law of faith, like the man of God just said before I came up, makes your life predictable. Listen, if you are unsure about your future, you're not in faith. Let's build this gradually. Are you still here? Now, Usually, scientific laws refer to rules for how nature will behave under certain conditions, frequently written as an equation. Now, just a bit of science, okay? There's what you call the Archimedes buoyancy principle. What this means is that the force acting on a submerged or partially submerged object equals the weight of the liquid that that object displaces. Now, because, because of that principle... Because of that principle, scientists can build a submarine. So they can build a ship that rides under the water because of the Archimedes principle of buoyancy. There is another law called the law of motion. Newton's law of motion. Right? Which says that an object assumes a state of rest until an external force is applied. 
Which means that until an external force is applied to your life, your life assumes a state of rest, and the state of rest by default is failure. No one succeeds by accident. There are no neutral gears in life. That's the law of motion. There's another law called the law of gravity. Are you still here? We're still in church. The law of gravity, you know what it means. Simply means if an object, there's a force on the earth that pulls an object down. All right. So that means if you climb uh, a story building, whether you're tall, fat, black, white, skinny, no skin at all, only skeleton, you will fall. Right? Is that what that means? What we understand about all these laws is that there's no respect for persons. One, one, there's no respect for persons. Two, there's no respect for places. Because if the law of flight would walk from Lagos, the law of flight should be able to walk when we cross into East Africa. Because if the law of flight walks only in Lagos and it cannot cross to East Africa, it's no law. So a gospel that only works in Africa but not America is no gospel. It's no gospel. The gospel must apply to you in Kenya, apply to the man in Australia, apply to the man in Scandinavia, apply to the man in Korea. If it's only generational causes because you are black, it is no gospel. Truth is universal. If it is regional, then there's a problem. That was free. Now, the law of gravity. But there's something about science. A lower law can be suspended by higher law. Now, by the way, I'm not a science student. Okay? So if I miss anything, uh, what I'm telling you is true. But if it's not scientifically placed accurately, forgive me, but it's true. Um, a law can be suspended by another law. Now, I use the word suspended. Because even though that law is suspended, it is still active. So let me explain. The law of gravity means if an object, if a heavy object goes up, it will come down. The law of lift allows a heavy object to go up and suspend and fly. But it does not mean that the law of gravity has stopped. The law of flight or aerodynamics, that's a scientific word. <laughs> the law of aerodynamics helps, right, you to operate while the law of gravity is still at work, but it superimposes itself on the law of gravity. Remember what I taught in the morning, curse and the blessings? The blessings can work while the curse is active because the blessings displace the curse. But if you move from the blessing, then immediately comes up. When you stop using faith, failure is default because failure did not actually go away. You suspended it by the law of faith. Are you, are you together? So the challenge here is people think they will just set the flight and go to sleep. And say, well, we are leaving for Nairobi. We will own the engine. We will take off and then we will chill. So people sit at the cockpit of their life, flying their life, and they stroll from the cockpit and start gisting with passengers. And then they wonder, why did we crash? 
Because the fact that you took off well does not mean you will land well. Are you following this now? Are you following this now? Do you realize that only one pilot is not allowed in the cockpit of a plane? It's too sensitive to allow only one man there. What does that teach us about success? There should be someone in your inner circle that can cover for you in moments where you're done. You've got to have a mentor. You've got to, every captain has a first, every first flight officer has a captain. Are you still there? But then he talks about the law of faith. So when you understand this law, right? When you understand this law, three things you will find. Number one, the law of aerodynamics consists of three components. Number one, the law of trust, the law of drag, and the law of lift. Are, are you here? Don't worry. When they said go to science class, you said you wanted to be an artist. So, under the law of aerodynamics, there are three meaning laws that make up that complete law. The law of trust, or let's say the principle of trust, drag, and lift. That's what is combined to get the airplane to fly. If the drag and the lift is fine, but the trust is not fine, the law will not work. Are you together? So, the law of faith has a component called the law of words. That is a principle within the concept of faith. Three things about laws. Number one, it's universal. Write that down. Number one, a law has to be universal. That means if you can use faith in Nairobi, you should be able to use faith in Ghana. You should be able to use faith in Australia. Faith does not diminish because situations are bad. It's universal. Number two, a law has to apply to everyone. Which means that a minister has to use faith. A member has to use faith. You, as a pastor, you do not grow above faith. It applies to you. Things don't happen to you because you are a pastor. Somebody say, it's because you're pastors. That's why people give you money all the time. And I, I'm, I'm tempted to point broke pastors to them. Because there are pastors who are broke who can pay rent. I'm not saying this in an insulting way. I'm just saying that if it's just because you are a pastor, then every pastor should be rich, which is not true. Because the law is universal. You have, if you're not applying faith, where increase is concerned, you will not get it. Sometimes the reasons pastors don't get as much result as members is because they don't believe their own message. I'll repeat that again because those of you here did not hear me at all. Okay, I forgot that that was a pastor session. Number three, it has to be constant. Which means that laws cannot be changing every day. It has to be constant. So when we have established this about laws... We want to say, let me ask you a question. A simple question. If everything you said about your life ever comes to pass, would you talk differently? Hey, come on. If you think you will talk differently, let me see your hands. 
If everything you ever said about your life will just come to pass, do you think you will talk differently? So you know the reason why you're not talking differently? You don't believe Mark eleven twenty three. You don't believe that you will have what you say. So you see, faith is in the heart. You know the scripture, but you keep talking the way you feel because you don't believe the scripture. Right? Now we're going to build this thing. Over time, our daily lives become the sum total of the body of words we constantly speak. God's will on earth comes to pass on the earth by words. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. We're looking at the law of words. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. It's amazing. As we learn these laws, our lives become better for it. You know, many people just want to change their lives by impartation. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Sorry if it shifts your theology a bit, but if you can show me somewhere else from the scripture, I'll be glad. Jesus breathed on the disciples only once. Taught them many times. We breathe all the time and we teach once. So when you are in Pentecostal meetings, all you are hearing, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. We breathe a lot and teach little. Jesus breathed once and taught all the time. Impartation, pay attention to this, has been wrongly taught. Impartation is not just by the laying on of hands. Impartation is actually teaching. The words that I speak, they are spirit and life. If a disciple is well taught, he will become like his master. Laying on of hands is for commissioning. Impartation is by teaching. And the spirit entered into me when he spake, when he spake, when he spake unto me. Reduce the breathing. Start teaching. For once, your people will be imparted. Are you still here? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And, and that's what pastor said when he came up, right? Convinced. Are you convinced of the path that God has called you? So you can't talk about faith without conviction. It's conviction first before confession. People confess things they are not con- convinced about. Oh God, I, I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm rich. I think I'm poor. I think I'm poor. <laughs> Because they, somebody just told them, keep talking. And, they don't, and then you hear people say, this confession thing does not work. They're not convinced. Because when you're truly convinced, you can't speak otherwise. You're not trying to confess the word. You're speaking what is in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Fully persuaded. 
Praise God. Are you still here? Are you? Are you? Verse 2. For it, by it, the men of old gained approval. How did Abraham go to a land he did not know? Faith. How did Moses walk away from becoming the priest of the highest civilization to the wilderness to lead God's people by faith. It's today God is calling people and showing them the cars they will drive. God called Paul and showed him what he would suffer for his namesake. It doesn't take faith to believe that when God calls you, you will drive a car. It doesn't take faith. Because it's nice for your flesh. What about if God tells you that you go to that land, you know, you know God told Jeremiah, he said, I'm sending you to a people that will not listen to you. Can you imagine that commission? God says, go to Mombasa and plant a church. And then he tells you, the people will not listen to you. Then why am I going? No, your reward in ministry is your obedience. It's not the results. Because you might not get the results, but God rewards you for obeying and punishes them for disobedience. Are you still here? You know everybody God calls today, God has called them to the nations. Everybody. And the nations, we know them, there are three. US, Canada, and UK. No Congo, no Mali, no Burkina Faso. Those ones are not nations. They are not in God's plan. No Kigali, no Rwanda, no Tanzania. Everybody's an apostle to the nations. Somewhere, somehow, we should agree that covetousness and selfish ambition has gotten into ministry. And so listen to this. This is why I said this. We now teach our people faith from the point of selfish ambition. So if you ask your people to show you all the confessions they have, there is no confession about saying, Lord, I thank you because my life is yielded to your plan and purpose. No, I confess I have car. I confess I have wife. I, there's no confession about, Lord, I, 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 I know I lie a lot. My tongue shall speak truth. It's not there. Because they don't see how they can use faith to walk in righteousness. Faith is for cars, shoes, houses. Listen to me. Faith is not a poverty escape mechanism. Faith is the Lord. That if you keep it, you won't be poor. But that's not the only thing. It's bigger than that. It's larger than that. He has more capacity than the common. Are you still here? Let's go on. So look. By faith, we understand. Now, uh, I like this. Do you realize it did not say by logic we understand? Why do atheists um, debate the existence of God and the creation of the world? It's because you're trying to understand it by logic. We don't understand the creation of the world by logic. We understand it by faith. It is logical, but it's faith by which we understand it. Because people say, well, we all, not all of us, they came from apes. Say their grandparents were ape. Was involving from monkey, became ape. Have you, have you seen that picture? Where their great-great-grandparents was like this, and it became 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 like this. Why does evolution stop that you are now a human being? 
and the galaxies are still growing. Scientists just discovered that the universe is still growing. Now, your grandfather evolved as an ape. You are now a human being. The galaxies in which your grandfather was an ape is growing, but you have stopped as a human being. You should have evolved into something else. What? That's, that's a theory held by people with no brains. This doesn't make logical explanation. If evolution is a continuous process, you should have moved from a human being into something else, maybe to an ape like your grandfather, and we know it's a full circle. But thank God we are created in the image and the likeness of God. Thank God that we are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Glory to God. So by faith we understand that the words, the word word there is aeon. Not just the world created, the seasons, the ages were framed. The word framed there or prepared, I like it, is the word catatismo. It means to readjust. It means to put in a frame. What it means is that God by words took seasons and adjusted them and framed them. So that that which, and we're prepared by what? And he did this by what? The word of God. Let me summarize the message. If God took the aeons, the seasons, and framed them, and arranged them in a frame logically by the word of God, and you are created in his image, if you are in a season that you don't like, you can rearrange it. You can reframe it. And there's only one way you can do it. The word of God in your mouth. Remember what we said? It's not God help me. It's not God come from the grave. It's not who we bring God from heaven. The word of faith which we preach is in your heart and in your mouth. You look at the season and say, I'm going to reframe you. Give me a few months. Prosperity is going to come. Healing is going to come. Breakthrough is going to come. And how do you do it? The words of your mouth. God saw darkness. He didn't try to explain darkness. Look at the Greek word. Thank you. Who is who's the guy walking there? Bless you, brother. You're born of the spirit. Catatismo. To completely thorough. To repair. We know that the world was repaired. There was darkness. God repaired it. To adjust. Your bank balance is not is having more zeros than numbers. Adjust it. To frame. To mend. To perfectly join together. To prepare. I like this. To restore. To restore. I don't care what you've been through in life. You can restore it by faith. I don't care where you've gone through in life. You can restore it by faith. Well, glory to the name of Jesus. And we understand. Go back to the scripture, brother. We understand. Glory to God. Let me not preach myself too happy early. But this is good. Oh, this is good. To restore. What are the lessons we learn for creation? And I like this. It says, so that which is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. Faith does not need a physical thing to create. Mm. 
Why? Because words are invisible. Listen, words are the raw material of faith. What are the four things we learn from creation story? Number one, God does not panic in the process of making things the way he wants them to be. There's no panic. Darkness was upon the face of the earth. God does not describe darkness. Does not explain darkness. Right? Number two, God uses words to change what he saw. If you change the sound, you will change the scene. If you change the sound, you will change the scenery. What are you seeing in your life right now? And you don't like it? Change the sound. The sound will change the scenery. Are you hearing this? So God spoke. I mean, of course, no creation story. God saw darkness. And he said, oh, darkness. Where did you come from? Satan. You know, sometimes we address Satan too much in our prayers. Like he's the one we're talking to. Satan, listen to me. Satan, you know, one guy, <laughs> one guy was talking to me one day. And he said, you know, the devil was saying, devil. I said, how come you're wearing the devil this close? I thought he was under your feet, huh? I mean, he seems to be talking to you more than God is speaking to you. Something is wrong. We have raised a church that exalts the devil and diminishes God. Teach more about God. Teach more about the victory people have. You know, even when we share testimonies, we talk so much about the devil and squeeze God in. Praise the Lord. The devil said, have you not come to church today? The devil now took my leg. The devil now did this. But God. And people are happy. 30 minutes of the devil, one minute of God. Do you realize that Jesus never talked about the devil in his sermon? In fact, the only time he talks about the devil is the fact that the devil comes to steal the word. When his disciples came and said, we did this, we did this, the demons were subject to us, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He never referred to Satan as an opposite of God. He's defeated fool. I thought the message on, uh, what's the title of that message? Is he overcoming the devil or what? Yeah, overcoming the devil. And I told my church, which is the word of God, the devil is defeated. He's not powerful, he's subtile. So what you use to defeat subtlety is wisdom and knowledge. That's why some people can be prayer warriors and they are buffeted by the enemy. You know, some people pray, Lord, Manda Koto, Hilabo, we take the gates of the city. The proof of their prayer life is lost voice. After two days, how are you? We are fine. We are fine. What happened? Say warfare. Warfare. Say no, it's a warfare. <laughs> Say it's warfare. It's pious warfare. Have you paid your rent? He said, that's the warfare we're talking about. <laughs> Have you paid your children's school fees? Say the enemy has been fighting me. The only proof that you are a believer is lost voice. You know, Paul was preaching and this girl, possessed by the spirit of divination, said, listen to this man. He's a man of God. If it was today, we'll give that demon microphone. What, what, what did you say? You see, you, don't, you people don't respect me in this church. Come, come, give her the mic. 
What did you say? Say you're a man of God. Do I know you before? No. Have we met before? No. Tell them, am I a man of God? And we do all of that. Listen carefully. If you need a demon to validate your call, something is wrong with you. If you need a demon to tell your people that you are called, I don't want to say what is in my heart, but I've said it in my heart. What did Paul do? Paul said, shut up. They're blind for a season. Because demonic endorsement is not God. And we must discern when demons are speaking. And not interview them, cast them out. Stop holding interviews, demonic interview sessions in church. You are not a journalist. You are a man of God. And our people know more of demons than they know of Jesus. They know all the names of demons. Are you still here? Go to Isaiah 55, verse 11. Praise God forevermore. I said, praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, when you teach like this, they say, oh, oh, they don't recognize demons. That is why I don't like these teachers. You don't have to like us. We're not selling ice cream. We're not in ministry for likes. Do you know how many demons we cast out? I mean, they just talked about the man of God and the miracles that happened in his ministry. Because you need to be free too. Because you're led by demons, not the spirits. So you also, you need to sit down and get free. Because demons can cause you to have programs you shouldn't have. Deliverance night, power must change hands. Jesus said, all power in heaven and on earth are given to me. That's what Jesus said. His final words is that all power are given to me. Your own program is that power must change hands. What you are saying is that you have organized a program to take power from the hands of Jesus and hand it over to Satan because all power, as of the last time Jesus was here, (laughs) as of the last time, before you were called, before you became a pastor, as of the last time Jesus was here, he said he had all power. When you became a pastor, you started working for the devil. And you now say power must change hands. And ignorance can be bold. That's the problem. Ignorance can be bold. Are you still here? Are you in Isaiah 55 verse 11? Come on, Isaiah 55 verse 11. Are you still here? Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You know, verse 10 says, For as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, without accomplishing what I desire. Verse 11, brother. Without accomplishing what I desire, pay attention here, 
And without succeeding, the same word for prospering, in the matter for which I sent it. Pay attention. Pay attention to details. Number one, he says, the word will not return without accomplishing what I desire. What that means is what I desire can be created by the words I send forth. Reverse the scripture. Reverse the scripture. Okay? He says, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return empty without accomplishing. Accomplishing will speak of achievement. Am I right? That means words accomplish things. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So carry come. Alright? I know you, you know, is sugar in your, in your language. So we've started calling him Pastor Sugar. Okay? Okay. Okay, go back to your seats. Just go back to your seat. I wanted to, them to see that you're a handsome man. Now, listen. Pay attention to this. How did I carry him from his seat? Do you think I would have ever been able to lift him up and bring him to the pulpit? Do you think so? Physically with my strength? But how did I move him and how did I send him back? Did my words accomplish my desire? What was my desire? Is to have him come. How did I get him to come? By words. Can words put money in your account? Now listen again, listen again, listen again, listen again. Can words take money out of your account? How many of you know we've been taken out? Not putting in. When you speak lack, you take out. Apostle was telling me, I was thanking him for the generous, how is it called now? Generous offering that he said they should receive for me. And he said, they've never done this for any preacher. And I told him, what did I tell you? It's the blessing at work. Because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not any other preacher. I'm blessed. No, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm blessed. Things get broken for my sake. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't care. If you like, don't do it for one million preachers. Money looks for me. I'm a money magnet. I'm a blessed man of a blessed God. I'm a different breed. Because when I stay here, I say, listen to me. If I'm willing and obedient, the good of the land comes to me. I'm here, I'm willing, and I'm obedient teaching what God tells me to teach. I expect to be blessed. Won't push for it, but my words won't take money out of my account. Let's go back again. Without succeeding in the matter. That means you can use words to trade to, to sort matters. If there is a, I don't know, I think Nigerian audience would understand me better. I don't know if it fits for you, but you know when you say, I have this matter I am dealing with. Do you use those phrases here? Words can deal with it. For which I sent it. I'll ask you a question today. What are you sending your words? What are your words accomplishing? You are a sum total of your confessions. You might not agree, that's your problem. Not mine. Because I just told you the word of God. Do you realize every time they told Jesus about that, he says, listen, you cannot kill me. 
I'll lay this body and I'll pick it up. Jesus thought about his resurrection. Why going to the cross? I will come again. Do you understand? He knew he would die, but he talked about resurrection. Are you still here? He looks at Gideon and says, Thou mighty man of valor. Gideon says, I'm the least in my father's house. And even in that father's house, I'm the least of the least. God says, Thou mighty man of valor. God doesn't speak to what you are. He speaks to what he created. I don't care who you are. God looks at Jeremiah and says, Before I ordained you from a mother's womb, he says, You are a prophet. Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, I'm a youth. Come on, let's read that. Let's read that. Let's read that. Let's read that. Come back to Je- Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's see how God spoke to Jeremiah. We'll come back to Isaiah. Go to Jeremiah quickly, 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 quickly. Let's see something in Jeremiah. Are you still there? Are you getting something tonight? Are you learning something tonight? Jeremiah chapter 1. Let me tell you. It's easy to forget all the things I've taught now. Shouting does not produce victory. Because those who received the word and shouted, they missed it. Good to shout, but doesn't produce victory. So you go back, take the message, look at the scriptures again, and act on it. If not, you'll be looking for the next faith conference to attend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Good to shout where the message is going on, but then you go back home, take the message, take the scripture, feed your eyes on it, and do the hard work. When you, when you catch yourself confessing something negative, you, you, you shut your mouth and say, I, I refuse that. That's not coming to pass. In Jesus' name, this is coming to pass. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1, are you there? Verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How many of you know sometimes you talk to God like God doesn't know what's going on in Kenya? Like God, in the name of Jesus, you know things are very difficult. Father God, you know that in heaven, since, since it's been a long time you came to Kenya, new presidents have come and things are bad. And God said, wow, I never knew. See, that's why I'm telling you. We, we complain and we call it prayer. We describe situations and we call it prayer. He says, before I knew you, I already ordained you, consecrated you, and appointed you a prophet to the nations. How many of you know that if God ordained Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations, his transport fare would have been factored in there? Faith takes what grace has made available. If you have not been appointed as a prophet to the nations, Buy prophetic certificate from America for $100. Let them anoint you. Instead of using bottle of oil, they put the oil in the, the horn of a goat. Let them carry a prayer shawl from Jerusalem and wrap you. Give you stones from the tribe of Judah. You will not be a prophet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Man cannot ordain what God has not ordained. Can I give you a New Testament example? Paul, Acts chapter 13, says, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have for them. And they laid hands and went. Ordination is affirming what God had ordained from the foundation of the world. I just said that to somebody who is doing a prophetic school. You just wasted your money. That's a word of knowledge, by the way. Number six. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak. God is talking to Jeremiah. 
That means he was trying to, uh, Jeremiah is talking to God, sorry. That means he was trying to tell God that you ordained the prophet who does not know how to speak. <laughs> because I'm a youth. Come on, what did the Lord say to him? Hey, talk to me. What did the Lord say to him? But the Lord said to me, hey, hey, do not, do not, can you see? God touched the speech. Do not say that I'm a youth. Don't, don't say it. Why am I saying this? Because God can speak things in your heart that you don't feel qualified for. Don't speak about your unqualification will be right. Don't speak about your unqualification. You know, English is not a mother tongue. We were all colonized. So there is room for mistakes. And it's fine. It's not. Unqualified, disqualified, we talk about the things we're not instead of the things we are. And the law of faith simply means if you consistently say, I cannot, I cannot, God has no option than to honor those words. That's why I'll give you two examples. New Testament example. Remember when, um, when uh, Zechariah, the priest, God came to him and he says, how can this thing be? What did God do to his mouth? God made him dumb. Since the guy was about to spoil the miracle. But do you realize that Mary said the same thing? Pay close attention. And the angel explained the process to Mary. Because it wasn't because Mary was a woman. Because pastor, Mary was not a priest. So she did not have the knowledge of God. Zechariah is a priest. So God expected him. Hosea, in the mouth of the priest shall be knowledge and understanding. So God expected Zechariah to, hey, you are the priest. If I give you a word, you should have known. Let me tell you something. There are certain things people that are ordinary members without knowledge will do. God will explain to them. There are confessions pastors will have. It will come to pass sharply. God expects you to know better. God expects you to know better. If some of us were dumb, we would have had the greatest miracles of our life. Some of us, our problem is our mouth. I can't help but just say what I see. I like saying my mind. And your mind is not good. Don't say it. Say the mind of Christ. Come on, come on. Say the mind of Christ. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. There are words we have in the constitution that must be said. We don't talk broke. We don't talk sickness. We don't talk lack. We don't talk poverty. We don't talk victimization. Why? Because we're the redeemed of the Lord. Redemption has a language. Come on, I said redemption has a language. We've been redeemed from the curse of the Lord. And now the blessing of Abraham is upon us. Glory to God. Are you still here? Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14. Come on, is somebody getting blessed? Matthew chapter 14. 
when you go home today, watch your words. You know, say, don't mind them. This thing works for only for preachers. But I know many preachers that they ain't working for. We have tried this faith thing before. Who asked you to try it? The fact that you want to try it means it won't work. It's a law. It's established. You don't try it. You apply it. Are you still here? Matthew chapter 14. You remember the story of Peter? Right? And verse 30. Let's just... Let's just, um, let me, let's just read from verse 22. Let me just establish something. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Jesus had a prayer life. But the boat was already a long distance. You know, Jesus had a prayer life not because his wife was giving him issues. His child was not stubborn. He was not struggling with rent. If, prayer, if problems are moving you to pray, you don't have a prayer life. The test of your prayer life is when everything is good. Okay? And that's why some of you always have problems. Because if you don't have problems in your life, you'll never pray. Alright, go to... <laughs> are, you, are you still here? Verse 24. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Pay attention to this. The fact that God sent you does not mean the wind will not come against you. The proof of an assignment is not peace. Sometimes it can be peace. Sometimes it can be trouble. The proof of an assignment is did God send you? Because God told them to get into the boat and the waves came. Okay. Hmm. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. You know, Jesus is not kind at all. Here is waves, and they are just walking on the sea. You know, sometimes we think that these disciples were super people. Look at what happened. Let me describe disciples to you guys. <clears throat> when the disciples saw him <laughs> walking on the sea, they were terrified. Terrified is a bit stronger than fear. Terrified is from the word terror. Strong fear. And said, it's a ghost. Twelve disciples. They just finished ministry. <laughs> Protocol officers of Jesus. Say, where well, we, we are going to the other side. Our master is coming. <laughs> and they saw a guy coming by the sea. And I showed but Lumi said. Where's my glasses? Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Say, ha, I think he's a ghost. Then I, I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling someone say, Yes, my mother used to tell me that around three o'clock goes. How many of you, re- <laughs> how many of you realize that anytime fear comes into your life, you now hear stories of you know, it's the enemy. Gathering, you turn on Facebook, you hear the story of somebody that that same thing happened to, and they cried out in fear, cried out, disciples cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. So they were afraid. I will not tell you to not be afraid if you are not afraid. So can we agree that the disciples had fear? Okay, so if you have fear, you are in the right company. 
Something like the disciples didn't have fear. You know, sometimes we feel like these things, as a man of faith, I should not have fear. No, it can come. But you know how to overcome it. All right. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. What did Peter walk on? Come. He didn't walk on water. He walked on come. Even if it is me, I will not tell Jesus to tell me to come. I will say, Master, if it is you, come. I'm not going. I'm not taking that risk of faith. I am not going. If it is you, Jesus, come. I'm not coming. And Peter was bold. Come where? If it is not you. Do you understand? They took a risk on Jesus. I won't do it. Master, if it is you, come. So at least we know if we are dying, we died with boats around us. All right. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I want you to observe that word there. He became frightened. He was not frightened before when he was walking. He saw something that sowed fear into his heart. What you watch is big. Then he became frightened. Now, pay attention to this word. When he became frightened, he began to sink. Becoming frightened is the beginning of sinking. He wasn't sinking before. His sinking started when he began to be afraid because now he has transferred his trust from Jesus to the winds. And I told you, when you are in emergency, don't try to use faith because he's not there. Cry. Just cry. That's not the type to say, I'm not sinking. I'm not sinking. I'm not sinking. You will see you are dead. Don't be saying you are not sinking. Any confession out of that point is from fear. Just say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, save me. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, look at this, you of little faith. This is, this is where he sank. Why did you doubt? Child of God, I want to beg you. Christian life is not mysterious. When you fail, check where your doubt started. Don't make it look like, I don't know why this faith thing is not working. They said we should confess and confess. I have confessed. Nothing is coming. Check where. Jesus told him, hey, hey, it's little faith. Why is it little faith? You believed for a while and you started. He said, why did you doubt? So that means when Peter saw those waves, he was like, I hope I've not made a mistake. And those conversations were breathing fear. Now, please come with me. Um, Mark chapter 4. Come with me. Mark chapter 4. Are, are, you, are you getting something tonight? Man, I see you becoming a faith giant. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Doing things by faith. Getting things by faith. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Mark 4, 35. Mark 4, 35. When, when we got married, myself and my wife, we had nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing in our parlor. 
I used to put her clothes there and wrap. You know, I didn't, I didn't have money when I married my wife. I just had words. No, I had words. I promised my wife things that after promising her, I will look back and say, how will these things be? Then I remember Mary, that the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow me. And this holy thing, I will give birth to it. I had words. I had words. One of the scriptures we stood on was that our house will be filled with all goodly things which we did not buy. We've been 15 years in ministry. Outside of a few TV sets, every single thing in our house has been a gift. And we've given out more things. Are you following that? Some of you are not believing anything. Yes, I'm trusting God for open door. What is open door? What, what is open door? What does open door mean? To where? You just, you just use words anyhow. Where are you going with that door? Where are you going? So I'm trusting God for breakthrough. What is breakthrough? Define breakthrough. You just use words that are very popular and makes no meaning. What are you believing God for and what scripture are you standing on? Don't be a fake nuisance. Just talk words. Nice words. I'm trusting God for an explosion. Okay. 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 In in three words, define explosion. What, What is explosion to you? Faith takes what grace has made available. Come on again. Faith takes what grace has made available. They are nice charismatic words without basis. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I mean, my staff is here and we worked this in the office. Few, maybe two years ago, God started speaking to us about praying over our ministry from Acts chapter 16. And say, pray that the heart of men will be open. To hear you when Paul went to preach, Lydia. And we began to pray that. We began to pray that. We began to pray that. And people, be, I think two guys wrote me with that same phrase My heart was open to your ministry. When we started praying that, more people were open to us. Then, after about a year, the Lord said, Pray the next verse. I'm not giving you secrets of ministry. God didn't tell you that. Testimonies do not build faith. If you take that scripture and pray it, it won't work. Why? Because God did not instruct you. Faith is not forcing God to do something. Faith, I never saw that scripture from that point all my life. But God amplified it. Then he says, pray the next verse. And he says, and Lydia pleaded with Paul to come and be hospitable. And God says, pray that those who receive your ministry will start being hospitable to you. We began to pray that. That's what just happened this morning. That's, that's what happened. That you receive the ministry and you were hospitable to us. That's the scripture. Then the next verse, it says, in the evening they went to the place of prayer. And God says, this next phase, just pray. Can you see how in three years, from the word, God is giving me scriptures to pray and words to confess. So it's not just random. Your life is too precise to have a random prayer life. Faith is a law. We were trusting God. Eastern Nigeria, we've never preached there. We began to pray and an invitation came to the office from the east. I know pastors in the east. I never asked them for an invitation. Are you following what I'm saying? 
we know where we are praying about. When the physician came, we, some of us are not specific because we are afraid God will not answer. So we're like, we just want to give God allowance so that in case he cannot meet it, we will cover him up in, in, in glory. Just pray, just, you know, just pray randomly so that anything that comes, we can just, just give God glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, let me tell you how to start putting your faith to work as a minister. You can look at a particular region that God is laying in your heart and begin to pray and say, that region opens up to me. Doors are open up to me in that nation. And what, when you say doors are open up to you, use the words in the scripture, doors of utterance. Because what you need when you go into a region is what? Utterance. And you pray that. And when you see how that region opens up, you'll be able to say, listen, we prayed for this and God brought it. You see, don't, I don't know how to put it. Trust God. Just trust God. Mark chapter 4. Are you still here? All right. We've got 20 more minutes. Follow me now. Build this up. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Look at this. Are, are you still learning something tonight? On that day, when evening came, he said, let us go over to the other side. This was Jesus now. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a, fr- a fierce gale, gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. I don't know why Jesus like traveling when the sea is not calm. If I was Jesus' disciples, I would have called him one day and said, Master, I've observed that every time we travel, every time you say, let us go over to the other side, waves come up. How many of you know that God has not designed that life will be lived without troubles? You know why? He trusts what he put in you. God trusts you to overcome the issues. It's a vote of confidence. Oh, why is my life full of troubles? You are trusted. Use your faith. Come and I said, use your faith. A trouble-free life means you're going nowhere. You're actually going in the same direction with Satan. So he's not bothered about you. He's not opposing anything. You are not a threat to his kingdom. Your life is not going anywhere. He's looked at you and concluded, this one does not exist in my dictionary. Because if you are on kingdom assignment, the enemy will be after you. Will be after your finances. Will be after your marriage. And you take the word of God and overcome it. And God can boast about you. You know, some of you, God cannot boast about you. If God says, have you seen my servant? I just make sure your name. Say that we laugh. Say God, say God, I know you can joke. Because <laughs> they won't even need to touch you. It's only your car tire that will get missing in the middle of the road and you blame God. They won't even need to touch your finance. They won't even need to do that. Not, they, say that we just say, God, we don't need to touch this one. We just need to do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, Satan will just, hey, hey, I carry anointing oil, yeah, prayer. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Mark chapter, <laughs> chapter 4. Verse 35. All right, let's read. On that day, when evening came, he said, let's go over to the other side. But I want to tell you this. The fact that God gave you an assignment does not mean troubles will not come. You need to pay attention to that. That's big. 
Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the other boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the winds were breaking out over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stand, asleep on the cushion. So Jesus slept. I don't know why you're not sleeping. Be like your master. Sleep. Some of you stay up all night. I can't sleep. There are a lot of things on my mind. Take them out of your mind and sleep. Sleep is an act of faith. I said sleep is an act of faith. Sleep is an act of faith. You just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast my cares on this issue on you. Good night. What will you do about this thing? It's on God's hand. Go and ask him. All right. <laughs> and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The question is care. I'm telling you that these apostles that you hold in high esteem, these guys were fearful. Pastor Lee. <laughs> I'm sure Bartholomew would have looked at Matthew. I said, do you believe he's sleeping? Like, I don't understand. He is sleeping. In fact, go and wake him up. I don't want to wake him up because if I wake him up, he, he will not like me. Let it not be on record that I slapped my master. Go and wake him up. How can, do you understand? Say, let it not be on record that I, I slapped Jesus. No, I don't want to go. Just wait. I, I, let, me, let me calm myself down. Go and wake him <laughs> Because when they came to wake him, they questioned his care. Hey, it's like, hey, 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 teacher. Because you like to talk a lot. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we are dying? How can you sleep when we are dying? <laughs> and I'm thinking in Thomas' mind, he's just saying, just help me, Lord. After this last time, I'm no longer a disciple. Let me, let me just get to the other side. But look at this. And he got up. Pay attention here now. He got up and rebuilt the wind. This was what Peter was supposed to do. This was what Peter... When Peter saw the wind, because Jesus had said, Come! Peter was supposed to say, Wind, peace, wind, be still. What frightens you, you ought to rebuke. The law of words. Because it's when you speak words over that fear that God can walk on your behalf. Come on, are you still here? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. Ladies and gentlemen, winds hear words. You know why? They were created by words. Your body hears words because it was created by words. You know, if you are single and the guy that you love is talking to you on the phone. How are you? Oh, you're so beautiful. Where you are, you need to love me. Don't worry, they are just teasing me. Say, no, I'm teasing you. Say, oh, thank you. What is making your neck bend? What's happening to you? What's making you, oh, thank you. Oh, sh- oh thank you. What is, what is, you have bones. 
206 bones in your body, but you're already melting. What's melting your bones? Words! Because words have power over your body. Let me give you an extreme example, but follow me. Extreme example, but follow me. You want to sleep with someone, and then you just heard words. This person has a disease. Let's say, for example, HIV AIDS. Do you realize that whatever was standing will sleep? Words. You just heard words. Even if the person is before you and say, I'm ready for you. It's like, we, we are not ready. We can't be ready. We shall never be ready. In the name of Jesus, we're not ready. <laughs> I, I, we're not raising the dead. We are dead. What happened? Words, 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 words. Come on, words, words, words. Words will work on anything. Words will work on your body. Words will work on your emotions. Words will work on your church. Words will work on your bank account. Glory! Words will work. It'll work. We, it's not just mere words. It's a law. Jesus spoke to the wind. <laughs> you know something funny happened with my daughter when we were coming. <laughs> you know, there's this video we're watching and um, there was this turbulence and the guys were shouting, Jesus, please have mercy on us. Please forgive us. So I, so I asked, what did they do? <laughs> right? It was turbulence. So when we're, when we're flying, she, she, she just mentioned something like that. And said, oh, she just referenced the video. Then she went to sleep. <laughs> Ten minutes later, we got into turbulence. So I began to pray in the spirit. I just prayed. Because I don't take words carelessly. I just prayed in the spirit. Why? Because you give account for idle words. And you know what? Sometimes the, you might feel like your words are not working, but they work faster in the negative because you have more faith in the negative. Do, do you get what I'm saying? So you might be confessing something right and it's taking time. The day you just, have you ever said something and it just happened immediately like, I always misplace my keys. And then you are going out. You say, Where are the keys? <laughs> right? What about if at that time you say, Holy Spirit, where are the keys? Speak to keys. Because you talk to things all the time. How many of you have gone to cook and you are just talking to the food? Things are very expensive. I don't know why things are expensive. In this country, you're talking to rice. Some of you talk to your car. This car, I'm tired of you. Every time, starting is difficult. I'm going to sell you and buy another. You're talking to the ignition. When we complain, we talk to things. When we speak words of faith, we don't like to talk to things. Have you ever stood in the mirror and talked to your body? Have you ever stood in your bank account and talked to your bank account? Come on, we're talking about what? The law of words. So Jesus rebuked. And he said to them, why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? He was surprised. Pastors, this is encouraging. You can teach a series of faith. And realize people have no faith. Jesus had taught them of faith. Jesus had practiced faith. These disciples were not taking notes. 
Oh, they were not taking notes. These disciples, then they frustrated Jesus. They were not taking notes. After Jesus died and rose, he looked for his disciples. Everybody was scattered. They were in a room with fear. Peter had gone fishing. He had to gather them again and start ministry all over. Assistant pastor Peter had gone off. In three days, just three days that the master was not there, ministry has collapsed. I'm sure that's why Jesus didn't buy a building. But they would have just sold it. I'm not sure church will continue. Peter, look, look for someone and sell this synagogue. <laughs> now, look at the wrong response. Verse 41. They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? This is, this is very funny. Instead of, listen to me, instead of being amazed by Jesus, know that he's your elder brother. They would have said, if our master can do this, this would be a goal. Listen, any, anybody God has called you to serve and to follow, whatever they do, don't say, ooh, my pastor is so miraculous. Ooh, I can never be like my pastor. No, God gave it to you as a model. So you can say, you know what, if my pastor does this, I'm going ahead and doing it. Be inspired by the examples you have, not mesmerized. That is why we must never do ministry in such a way that we make the people feel that because we are pastors. You know, you, you know I mean, I just give an example. It's a common example. That's how it is, right? Not like, praise the Lord. Uh, as I was preparing for this meeting, 2.35.46 seconds, seven angels walked into my room. One on the right, one on the left, one in the center. And I said, who are you? And they said, we're angels from the presence of Yahweh. And the short angel said to me, arise. You know, by the time I start telling you all those, you're like, whoa. Do angels come to room? He even saw a short angel. Wow. Anything I teach, you just think is not possible for you. Somebody asked me, how, do I, how was I called into ministry? I just knew I was to preach. No angel. No voice, no name. It's been 15 years. I've not seen an angel. And I'm still preaching. I know people who have seen angels that have stopped preaching. Maybe because they saw angels. Don't make, see, faith is a life. Don't make it over spiritual. Don't make it, do you understand? Don't make this thing mistake. As we are going home tonight, use faith. How will you use faith? I will get a border border on time. Use your faith to put. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I will get an Uber on time. Use your faith. When I'll go to the office. Do you understand? Practice, practice, practice. Let me tell you one thing you can do. Believe God for a shoe that you know you don't want to use now. Not an emergency if you don't have shoes. Go and buy it. But just tell God, I want a red shoe. I'll put my faith on the line. Just work on it. Start believing for things. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I talk with Apostle Dennis and he says, you plan way ahead of time. It's because I have to start using my faith on time to get my tickets. So I start, something I want to do 2024, I start talking about it, I start calling it for, be available. Some of you, is when your landlord is knocking, that you start, to, he supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. Listen to me, you will go to jail. Even Jesus said in the scripture that when you owe a debtor and they have come to arrest you, say, plead with him. Don't use faith. Just say, sorry, I know I owe you. I will pay. If you had faith, why didn't you get the money on time? Come on, is somebody still here? All right, praise the name of the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Are you blessed? I said, are you blessed? The Lord words. The Lord words. Uh, let me just use, let me do one more. Let me do two more scriptures. Got six more minutes. Proverbs 18.20. Proverbs 18.20. Proverbs 18.20. Uh, with the fruits of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. So your lips is a production center. What products are you bringing out? So if you're not satisfied, what are you saying? Come on. What are you saying? Let me give you one more scripture. Two more scriptures. Um, Okay. Proverbs 12, 14. There are a lot of scriptures and words. Proverbs 12, 14. And And I think we'll do numbers, then I can close there. No, 12, my brother. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14. A man will be satisfied with good, with good, by the fruit of his words, which means words are seed. And the deed of a man's hand will return to him. How will the deed of a man's hand return to him? By the words he has spoken over those works. What do you say over your business? Huh? Can I give you two more scriptures? Let me give you confession from the New Testament. First Peter. First Peter 3.10. First Peter 3.10. Just give me the good life. The, the good life book. First Peter 3.10. That's, it's from this scripture I wrote that book. The good life. Look at this. For the one who desires life to love and to see. Oh, oh, let me stay here. Please just give me, I have five more minutes, but give me an extra five. To see good days. If a man desires to see good days. This book, The Good Life, was written from this scripture. It says, if a man has the desire to see good days, the man must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. That means if a man speaks evil and he speaks deceit, he cannot see good days. That's why I wrote this book, The Good Life. The good life is a product of good words. What you are saying is destroying you. Alright? Last scripture, Numbers. Numbers 14, 28. A good preacher must have three closing. Finally, brethren, then Paul will write three more verses. Finally, brethren, then he writes... Another episode. But we are not of them that delay. <laughs> Come on, are you there? This is very sad. God promised them the promised land. Did everything to them to get there. They were giants in the land. What God promises you does not mean they will not be giants. Macamon, was it Macamon now? Macamon, Macamon, who, 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 who? I might miss the minister, but the testimony is true. God promised him a land. And say, go get that land. He prized the land. Charles Caps. Charles Caps. And uh, he went to the land. He said, land, you belong to me. God says, I was going to get you. He put in there an offer. And the real estate company called him and said, your offer is not done. And another, another company came bought the property. And the wife said, oh, somebody have gotten the property. And 
Chaskap says, no, God told me it's my property. But another company had bought it. Three weeks later, I get a call and say, sorry, do you still want your offer? Says because this company, for no reason, pulled out and the land is available. See, he would have lost that if he agreed with that, what we saw. My dad had the same experience. We bought a, a plot of property and then the Lord told him the next plot is yours. And my dad started speaking and calling that forth and now we own it. How do you buy land? First by words. First by words. Right? They might be giants. You might have confessed everything but it looks negative. Keep your confession. If I had time, I would have spoken to you about Jairus when the Lord asked, when he said, come and heal my child. And the woman with the issue of blood interrupted that train, right? And then they came and said, the child is dead. Jesus immediately turned to Jairus and says, only believe. Only, that means the report notwithstanding, keep the faith which turned on. That child got back to life. So the fact that something is dead does not mean it cannot live again. Because in this kingdom, women receive their dead back to life. But this is it. It says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still living. Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I'll do to you. God cannot break your confessions. Whatever you tell God, that's what he will do. I pray that you will begin to value words. I pray that you will not collaborate with the devil to ruin your own life. That you will speak God's word. Glory to God. Let's be on our feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.